In this episode, Dr. Cashy discusses how to turn obstacles into opportunities. Dr. Cashy emphasizes that your responses to a given situation vary drastically based on your training. But the sort of training Dr. Cashy talks about here may differ greatly from what you might recognize as training. Roll the intro! Hello, and welcome to ah, Coffee with Cashy. I am your host, Dr. Trevor Cashy. Now, this title, okay, Danielle turned her obstacles into opportunities. Hmm. Danielle, one of TKN's clients, made a pretty cool comment yesterday. One of the techniques TKN employs is to consider formally the side effects of your changing the side effects of your changing it's easy to home in on and obsess about a specific thing or part of yourself you need to you need to have or you must fix now on the way to getting that thing taking your charge of food and eating cutting your excessive fat finally establishing some self-respect Influ having influence over your outcomes, all sorts of other things happen. All sorts of other things happen. These are the side effects of changing. All the other stuff that happens along the way, okay? Danielle's side effect of change reads, Boop. I turn moments of stress, anxiety, fear into opportunities to improve myself. How freaking awesome is that? How freaking awesome is that? Okay. This rational, this rational and constructive note that Danielle created as a side effect of her changing is an important one. It's an important one. People, because they have different experiences and think different things, exhibit a variety of responses. They exhibit a variety of responses to the same stimulus. Okay. Now, the most basic explanation of this, I think, is in the context of people's preferences. In the context of their preferences, what they like, what they want. Preference serves the grand purpose of showing that the same stimulus, the same stimulus cultivates different responses in different people and different responses in the same person. Okay. In other words, some people see an obstacle as a challenge to overcome. Other people might see obstacles as terrible disasters that they can't stand. Others might be confused where anyone think there's an obstacle at all. This makes sense when laid out that way, right? People like different things. Sure, this means people are respond to the same stimulus differently. Okay. Therefore, one stimulus, one stimulus can generate a variety of responses by extension and then a variety of outcomes therefore okay jane likes tea more and allison likes coffee more so allison drinks allison drinks tea and thinks it tastes like a cat vomited up grass and jane tastes drinks coffee and thinks it tastes like battery acid and throws it out the window etc etc okay so for today's fun activity for today's fun activity, comment one thing you like 
that's different than what other people like. Just one, comment one thing that's different. It can be relatively benign, that's okay. Like the above example, right? Some people like cats more, other people like dogs more. Just comment a single thing that you like that you know is, is different from what other people like and then people like different things. What is one thing, okay? Now, what the heck does this have to do with turning challenges into opportunities? Dr. Cash, you're talking all this crazy Yoda Miyagi stuff. Okay, well, it turns out has a lot to do with it. Time to get started. Here's the rub. Logically, you know, all that stuff follows the preference stuff. It's sensical. Play the same th song to a thousand people and you'll get a thousand or more different thoughts on it. Pocket that. Okay. The way you approach a problem influences how frustrating or even how disturbing that problem is. Gotcha. Okay. Now, the way you approach a problem depends on how you see the problem and or if you consider it a problem at all. Gotcha. Number two. Okay. Got both those things. So philosophically, therefore, you can argue that you make all of your own problems. Sure. Okay. Fine. Now that's 99% right and about 100% useless. Okay. Real problems do exist. They do. Okay. And that there are practical things you're better off doing or avoiding, like keeping a job or running red lights. Okay. In real life, however, people tend to throw sense out the window and confusingly state, that the outcome is directly dependent on the frustrating stimulus, circumventing almost completely their response to that stimuli. In other words, A causes C. Mm. My stressful job makes me fat. The weekend ruins my nutrition. That relationship made me a drinker. Hmm. Okay more time. My, my stressful job, frustrating stimuli, makes me fat. Destructive outcome. The weekends, frustrating stimulus, ruined my nutrition. Destructive outcome. My previous relationship, frustrating stimulus, made me a drinker. Destructive outcome. See, you're going right from S to O, right from stimulus to outcome. A to C. <laughs> Well, if that were really the case, if a stimulus really did cause an outcome, then the same stimulus would have the exact same outcome with every single person in all instances. <clears throat> if how a person feels and what they do is because, because of an external source, what happens to them, then it's reasonable to expect that the external source will have the exact same effect on every person. Gravity is a good example. <laughs> okay. The frustrating stimulus has influence on, but is otherwise divorced from the conscious response. It is the response to that stimulus that leads to the outcome. And the way you see the outcome determines how useful it is to you. In other words, are you creating obstacles or opportunities for yourself? The problems are going to be there regardless. Okay. So what happens? What happens? The same stimulus causes a variety of outcomes in a variety of people. Why? Because they respond to the problem differently, right? Say a thousand people on a, on a health plan, they go to a party with lots of food around. Some people, right? So it's your frustrating stimulus, okay? Going to a party, tons of food everywhere. A thousand people, you know, that's the social experiment, okay? Some people would freak out and go to town. Some people would get super anxious and hide in the corner. Some people would see this as a terrifying death sentence and other people might see it as a welcome challenge and 
then again, some people might just go about their business because it's their business, whatever, right? Well, why is this the case? Because people are thinking about the problem differently. That space between stimulus and response. Now, some thoughts and thought patterns, that space between stimulus and response, they give rise to intense negative emotional disturbances. And emotionally disturbed people are more likely to act in emotionally disturbed ways. So do you make your own problems? No, no, you can. But do you make all your own problems? No, the universe provides plenty of problems, okay? What's more apt is that do you make all of your own emotional problems? Mm, yes. You make your own emotional problems. To that end, the way you approach a practical problem determines how much you disturb yourself about that practical problem. Humans are exceptionally skilled at taking a practical problem, something readily dissolved, readily dissolved, yes. <laughs> Humans are exceptionally skilled at taking a practical problem of frustrating stimulus, okay, that could be readily resolved by a rationally constructive response, okay, a well-executed plan, and uh, upgrading it into an emotional problem by disturbing themselves about it. They have a problem with their problem. And this is why Danielle's side effect of change is so gosh darn important, okay? Anxiety, which is the overarching emotional state on Danielle's side effect of change is an emotional disturbance. So she has written her implementation intention such that now whenever she feels anxiety coming on, that it's a cue for her to think rationally and act reasonably for more constructive outcomes rather than perpetuate her distorted thoughts and act impulsively for more destructive outcomes, which, which now you know will propagate and promulgate and become their own frustrating stimuli, thus perpetuating the emotional disturbance even further, okay? So back to preferences, right? Why do some people get homicidally enraged at one thing and another person gets morbidly depressed? Why others are totally cool and see a challenge to overcome, okay? Well, like Danielle's implementation intention implies, it's about thinking about it rationally and constructively, okay? She is thinking about it on purpose so she can do something about it with purpose, all right? Thank you for learning. Stay rational. Until next time. Want to continue having coffee with Dr. Cashy? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you, and see you next week. Dr. Cashy is out! <laughs>